Touchdown Locked On Anaheim Ducks. A big win against the Vancouver Canucks finally gets them off the skids. We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a new week of Locked On Ducks Hockey. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So we got to talk about this last game that the Ducks played against the Vancouver Canucks. It was a blast watching this game for about 45 minutes, and I'll, and I'll explain why it was both good and bad. The Ducks are going back to some of their old habits, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's begin talking about the good Ducks. The Ducks that we have been waiting for for, for a long time, practically. This game featured John Gibson versus Thatcher Demko. The Vancouver Canucks, they have been struggling a little bit more as of recent. They did get off to that hot start when Bruce Boudreaux took over as the Canucks coach a little bit ago. The Canucks have cooled off, and now they're right there at about 500 or so. Yeah, about that. So, here we go go again. The Ducks are, once again, changing up their lines. Dallas Eakins kind of confusing fans more than a little bit. Should I say more than a little bit? A lot. He changed up his lines completely, separating Sonny Milano and Trevor Zegris. Um, what? Wait, does that really work? Well, apparently it did. It did kind of work. Also, this was the first packed house inside Rogers Arena for the first time in two months. Those poor fans were treated to a massacre of the Vancouver Canucks, and a lot of them legit left in the middle of the second period. I swear, like looking at about the 17 minute mark of the second period and about the 10 minute mark, I could definitely tell that a lot of the fans had left and for very, very good reason, because a bizarre first goal 57 seconds in got things started for the new look Anaheim Ducks. Oh, sorry. Did I say new look Anaheim Ducks again? Yeah. Let me remind you that these lines were very much changed. We had no Getzloff in there, so you had Sonny Milano with Sam Steele and Troy Terry. Okay, that's fine. Then you had Adam Henrique, Trevor Zegers, Jakob Silverberg. Try to get Silphy going. Okay, that's fine. So that first line, Sonny Milano, Sam Steele, Troy Terry, they paid off right away, and I kind of have to give credit where credit's due. It made Dallas Eakins look like a complete genius. Because that was the Ducks' first goal of the game. Very quickly a minute in, John Gibson played the puck quickly towards the neutral zone to Troy Terry, who then gave it up to Hampus Lindholm. Lindholm did a great job right there, just keeping the puck along the blue line. And as Hampus floated it towards the net, Terry got his stick on the puck, and it went bar down over the shoulder of Thatcher Demko. And it was one nothing Ducks very quickly. And by the way, props to John Gibson with the goalie assist. His first of the season, by the way. Then just two and a half minutes later, that other line, the fourth line that we don't talk about too much. Yeah, they kept their foot on the gas. 
that fourth line owned the puck and they came through with Nick Delorier's third of the season. That one started with Sam Carrick safely floating the puck to the corner and get ready for this a pinpoint perfect pass from the hashtag elite one C that's right Derek Grant made a sharp pass towards the front of the goal crease and there was Nick Delorier with his stick on the ice and guided it to the back of the net making it a very quick two nothing ducks lead I mean it was two nothing before all the fans even got there my god the Ducks then continued their aggressive play by still getting shot attempts and nearly tipping another one in a minute later. Now the Ducks, or the Canucks rather, finally got a shot on goal six minutes in from Tyler Myers, but it was set aside easily by Gibby, and that would be their only shot for the first 17 plus minutes of the game. Everything was working for Anaheim, the offense, the defense, everything was working. And by the way, here's a familiar theme. Trevor Zegers helps create offense that leads to a Ducks power play. Stop me if you've heard this before. This time, Zegers executed some fancy moves, great passing, just as the penalty was called on JT Miller, but this was against Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale was in the vicinity, and Zegers did frustrate JT Miller, and so did Jamie Drysdale. They both frustrated him. So, you know what I'm going to say right now, right? Hashtag, let the kids play. Let them play. Let the kids play. On the ensuing power play, the kids played. Sam Steele won the faceoff and worked the puck around to Trevor Zegras, who worked the puck along the dasher boards with Sonny Milano. And by the way, I love the Zegras and Milano connection on that particular power play. I thought it was very sound. Zegras then passed it to Jamie Drysdale, who was waiting at the point. Jamie let one fly towards the net, and it got deflected by Ricard Raquel out in front, for the Ducks' third goal of the game, with 5.52 left in the first period. Yeah, perfect execution, fantastic screen in front by Sonny Milano, and he had three young guys, Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegers, Jamie Drysdale, all contributing on that power play goal. So I'm going to say it again, let the kids play. It was 3-0 after one. Shots were 8-2 in favor of the Ducks. Vancouver just looked dead in the water, and it continued in the second period. Because just 1-14 into the second period, Bo Horvat, he got called for slashing against a hard-working Troy Terry. And his efforts would soon be rewarded on the ensuing power play. Adam Henrique won the faceoff and worked the puck around with all five Ducks touching the puck during that power play. You'll love to see it. Troy Terry then launched one towards Demko from the left faceoff dot, kind of in that Martin Ferg, Alex Ovechkin zone that we love to see. And Demko got just enough of it to keep that one out. But the rebound went towards Jakob Silverberg, who distracted Demko for a split second. And Uncle Rico put away the loose change for his eighth of the season, and we got a 4 nothing game right away. And just after the Ducks scored their fourth of the game, guess what? Another penalty for the Canucks. So that resulted in another power play for the Ducks. Quinn Hughes got caught hooking Ricky, and the Ducks made them pay again. Now at this point, I will point out that the crowd was booing very loudly during that entire power play as the Canucks failed to clear the puck. 
And also, that power play unit for the Ducks was out there the entire time. But man, they made the Canucks tired. They had no gas left. And the Ducks had multiple attempts at it. And just as the power play expired for the Ducks, Sam Steele found a gifted puck in front of him, and he didn't miss. Milano was perfect getting the puck towards the net, and Zegers was masterful keeping the puck in the slot to awaiting Sam Steele his sixth of the season. At this point, Yaroslav Halak entered the game in place of a pissed-off Thatcher Demko. So once again, you have another great power play, or almost power play goal. The power play had just expired, but it may as well have been a power play goal. It frankly should have been, but whatever, they don't they don't count it as that. Fine. So Sam Steele got the goal from Zegras and Milano. Hey, the young guys producing once again. I'm just going to say it before we head to the first intermission. But I'm going to yell it. Let the kids play! I just scared my dog there. So we're going to head to the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, everyone's favorite protein bar. They come in 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. And Built Bar is the perfect protein bar to keep your New Year's resolution because why not, right? They are packed with at least 17 grams of protein, on average only about 4 grams of sugar, and only about 130 to 170 calories. And by the way, you've got to try the new Built Puffs. They are marshmallowy. They are amazing. For my money, my favorite flavor is the Churro Puff flavor. So if you want to try Built Bar for yourself, head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the Ducks getting back to some old habits. Oi, we'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and Daisy the dog right next to me. She's literally two feet in front of me. This poor puppy. She's She's been enjoying watching hockey. I think what she didn't like was me just kind of clapping along and saying like, yeah, another good goal, another good goal. She looks at me going, really? What are you excited about? I was excited that the Ducks were out 5 nothing early on, and they looked unstoppable at that point of the game. But now we're going to spend this segment talking about the Ducks going back to their old habits, something that has plagued them for the entire season. I hearken back to the first week of the season. Remember when the Ducks blew that lead late in the game? They blew one against Minnesota. Remember they blew one just recently with a minute and a half left. They had a tie game and they let their opponents come back. Well, guess what? They did it again. The Ducks completely relaxed. They took their foot off the gas because at the time they were dominating puck possession. They were dominating shots on goal, shot attempts. They were completely on that side of the game. But as soon as Yaroslav Halak came in, this did two things. The Ducks relaxed and it sent a message to the rest of the Canucks. Their main goalie left pretty unceremoniously and pretty pissed off. So in comes a new goalie. That always sends a message to your team. And the message was received by Vancouver because Tanner Pearson, noted Ducks killer, did score 30 seconds later. That made it 5-1. Then Pedersen scored on the power play. 5-2 Anaheim. Okay, a little bit of a worry. 
Now, Uncle Rico did score and Delorier scored. By the way, this was Henrique's second of the game, and this was Delorier's second of the game. So we were on a dual hat-trick watch for the entire third period, and then the Ducks relaxed. They did what they've been doing multiple times this season. Instead of keeping the aggressive play up and trying to score eight or nine goals, they let Vancouver slowly come back, giving Vancouver just that little bit of hope, even though it was a five-goal lead. It quickly turned to a three-goal lead because Connor Garland scored, then Quinn Hughes scored. So Vancouver started playing more aggressive. And before we knew it, you ready to hear this? The shot attempts were almost even. It got to a point where shots were 25 to 20 in favor of the Ducks. Shot attempts for the whole game were 54 to 48 in favor of the Ducks. So it was so in the end it wasn't as lopsided as we would like. The Ducks were leading in that category by quite a bit. And then Vancouver came back little by little and doing what Vancouver does and the Ducks doing what the Ducks do. And I have to point out that this is a theme. This is a theme, not just this season, but this is a theme dating back to the past two seasons where the Ducks would give up a late lead and either lose the game in overtime or outright lose the game in regulation. They've done that this season as well. They did that last season. Oh, man. So it, it it's still... A recurring thing that's happening. Granted, it this was a big lead, so I wasn't really worried, but more annoyed that the Ducks continually do this. And when you start to do that late in the game, it creates a habit. And when you create habit, those habits get repeated over and over and over again. And you don't want to do that, especially when it comes to Pacific Division teams. Because Vancouver will go away from this game thinking, hey, you know what? We scored four goals against the Ducks. They're not always going to score seven goals. And you're right. The Ducks are not always going to score seven goals. And they shouldn't be giving up four goals every time either because it made John Gibson look pretty bad. And I think back to that game against the Seattle Kraken. The Ducks had that game. They had it and blew the lead and the game late against the Seattle Kraken. The Ducks, frankly, they should have won that game. They should have won that game. And then when it got 3-3, that game should have gone to overtime and didn't. Again, first week of the season. They had the game against the Minnesota Wild. They had it in their hands and they blew it late. Very late. Those are the kind of games that you should not and cannot lose. Especially when it's a late goal with eight seconds left. Yeah, how can I forget that? Eight seconds. The Ducks were eight seconds away from getting it into overtime. That game could come back to haunt them. I look back at the game a few days later against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, the Oilers came back on that one. Remember when the Ducks had a 4-3 lead? Had, had, had. And then Edmonton came back? Yep. Old habits creeping back. The back check relaxed. The forecheck was pretty much non-existent for about a 10-minute stretch towards the end of the game. That cannot happen if you're the Anaheim Ducks. That really cannot happen. So hopefully they correct these habits and they don't do this for the rest of the season. Right now, the Ducks 
don't have a whole lot of time left in the season and they don't really have many games on hand. So they can't afford to blow some leads to some of these better teams, especially teams like the San Jose Sharks and the Los Angeles Kings that are coming up this week. You cannot lose. Well, the Sharks, they're below them, so it doesn't matter. But especially those the Los Angeles Kings. That's a team that you cannot blow a late lead against. Especially a team that they are chasing for that final wild, wild card spot. And if the Ducks have a devastating loss against the Kings this week, and it comes back to haunt them later on, and they miss a playoff spot by one or two points, they're going to look back on those type of games as to the moments where they said, you know, if we had just gone to overtime, or if we had just been able to hold that lead, then it could be the Ducks in the playoffs. They could be in a playoff spot right now, if not for taking the foot off the gas. So hopefully that habit will subside as we enter the final two months of the season. All right, we're going to head into our second intermission of the day. But first, let's talk about betonline.net, which is where the game starts. And right now, football season is over. Once again, congrats to the local champions, the Los Angeles Rams. So football's over. But basketball is in full steam for both the NBA and college hoops because you know what starts next week? I know it's kind of snuck up on us, but you know what starts? March Madness, baby! Yeah, it's awesome with the capital. Oh, I can't say that. (laughs) But it's awesome, baby. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and all that stuff, head over to Bet Online because they remain the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, as well as the latest lines. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. It is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. And we got a programming note that I need to give out right now. But first, I just want to give a quick shout out to, first off, this band, Mad Hat Hucksters. You know, they're from San Diego. So just want to thank them once again for the music. It is awesome. And also want to give a shout out to S. Preston. Now, he is the minimalist artist that I've talked about. I've had him on this podcast in the past. I'd love to have Preston come back on again. But Preston is a big, big hockey fan. He's from the Vancouver area, so of course he made it a point to go home because he grew up in Vancouver and he makes his home now in Anaheim. So of course he was going to see Ducks Canucks. Of course he was. He described the atmosphere there as souring very fast. (laughs) Yeah, the, the, the crowd went south in a hurry for the restless natives of Vancouver. They They were pretty pissed off. And him and I have talked in the past about both the Ducks and the Canucks. And he was super impressed with the young kids. He loves seeing those kids play. He loves seeing Zegris and Milano and Troy Terry especially. He loves seeing those those three guys. He thinks they could make the playoffs next season. And like a lot of people, he still thinks they're rebuilding. And probably, probably shouldn't be trying to go for a playoff spot this season. I tend to agree with him because the Ducks are still in a rebuild right now. But that's another topic for another day and something that I'll delve much more into later this week. So 
I do want to talk a little bit about the programming notes. There will be no show on Wednesday. In fact, it'll be a late Monday. And then we'll have a Tuesday show, which I will give my three stars of the week. And there will be no show on Wednesday. We will take Wednesday off. And then we'll come back with Locked On Goals on Thursday. And then we'll have a fun show on Friday. Sarah Avampato will be on the podcast later this week. So definitely check that out. So one final note, one final thing I want to talk about before we head off. And it is, it's the kid. well, not kind of the kids. It is the kids in the fact that they're generating a lot of great chances in front of the net and something that I will talk about again and again and again. And I'm going to talk about it again. That line, that change line the Ducks had, kind of paid off pretty well for the Ducks. I got to admit, having Zegers there with Silverberg and Henrique, I kind of like it, question mark? Yeah, yeah, little bits. I'm not going to lie. Jakob Silverberg has struggled a lot this season, and it's good that the Ducks are trying to jumpstart his offense. We know what Silverberg is capable of. He's been named an all-star, so we know he could produce at a high level. Putting him on the second line with Zegers and Henrique, you know what? It kind of paid off. Silverberg got on the board. I thought he had a very good game. I thought pretty much those first two lines, I thought they looked very splendid during that game. Just going down the line, Silverberg finally got another point this season. Despite his struggles, he's still a good player. And Nick Delorier, two goals. How about that? Troy Terry is still producing at a high level. I would have liked to have seen more ice time from that Milano Steel Terry line. Personally, they only got about 14 minutes. I thought they were clicking. Terry got two points. Milano got a point. Sam Steele got a point. I would have liked to have seen more of that. But also great to see the Zegras line getting some good time. But you know, seeing Silverberg get the majority of the ice time, I thought was very good for his confidence. That's something that cannot be equated enough. When you give the equal amount of ice time and deploy your lines as well as, you ready for this? As well as Egan's did, <gasps> then it'll pay off dividends. No one got benched. No one was shorted a line. Everyone played pretty even minutes. The least amount was Adam Henrique with about 13 minutes. And the most was Silverberg with about 16 minutes. So ice time was pretty evenly distributed throughout this game. And I love to see it. Hopefully, Eakins continues this trend. So we'll, we'll see going forward where Eakins stands on all this. All right, we're going to keep that third segment short, and we're going to say our goodbyes right now. Our next show will be three stars of the past week. That'll be a fun one. So definitely check out that podcast. Once again, no show on Wednesday. Thursday will be locked on goals, and we've got a lot to talk about in regards to that game. And as far as call-ups, we have a lot to talk about there as well. So stay tuned for that on Thursday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. And this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. And also, also, 
Got to give a shout out to your boy Q, who hosts Locked on Bets. Make that your second listen of the day. And shout out to Sarah Avampato and Jess Balmasto, who do Western Conference Wednesdays on Locked on NHL. Make that your second or third listen of the day. So once again, thank you all very much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. Mm-hmm.